0: but our primary focus will be on what we believe are the film succeeds at some fun facts and our personal enjoyment factors of each film with that said we hope you enjoy the show Oh, no phone call. Oh, no. Hi, you've reached David Basner. Leave your name and number. Ready? It's Max Basner, your
1: father. I thought you'd like to know your mother left me today. Oh. What? Life's been good to David Basner.
0: Would it be possible afterwards to uh, have a drink?
1: No, it wouldn't.
0: Hey, is my nose bleeding? Huh? I just got tagged. (laughs) He's managed to become a success.
1: Basner's the new creative director. He's good.
0: And I wear bikini briefs. Without becoming an adult.
1: You're just, um...
0: Oh, childish, immature, and selfish? That's right, I am. Do you know how much money I make for thinking this way? It is economically unsound to grow up. You're right. (laughs)
1: But what happens when a guy who never grew up
0: So, Mom left. Do you see anyone else here? Has to adopt his parents. (laughs) Mom, why don't you put on your shoes and come out of the cage? Put it back. Put it back. Shame on you. I was gonna get rich and move into a luxurious mansion, and my parents were gonna come visit me once. And they were gonna say, Oh, what a nice mansion. We love you, David. And I was gonna say, I love you too, Mom and Dad. Then they were gonna go away and die. I know you hate me, but you have to help me. To I've heard from you three times this year. Dad once, Merry Christmas. Once, giving me hockey tickets. And now, once your mother has left me. I know you want to leave. What if you got a blonde on the other pillow? Seduced and abandoned. Look closely, girls. This is what you want to avoid later in life. I mean, I, I, I didn't leave because of the yelling. I left because of the silence. So she's not coming back. Who the hell needs her? Babysitting your father will drive you crazy in a week, you know. Got to Tomorrow I'm doing a commercial about a family that that cares for each other, loves each other. I'm faking it. They're
1: driving me crazy. When showing your love is the last thing you need. Do you hate me for that? And then I
0: hate you. You're my mom. Why is it always the first thing you do? You're the last person I thought would ever come through for me.
1: TriStar Pictures presents a Raystar production of a Gary Marshall film. We've got it's a comedy and a drama just like life. Hi guys, welcome back to the Tragedy Cinema Podcast. I am your host, Jimbo. And I am your co-host, Kyle. Kyle, today, I let Kyle pick a movie, so we are doing... (laughs) Kyle, would you like... I'll just let you introduce the movie. You
0: can just tell what you think of the movie. But yeah. I go, I'm going to blame this on Kyle. <laughs> this, wow. This is why we don't like wow. Kyle pick movies very often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Such terrible choice. And Tom Hanks <laughs> and Jackie Gleason. Um, okay, Jimbo, fine. Today we chose to cover... Noth- we chose to cover... We, we nothing did. Nothing in common.
1: Really, really? The, let me go back to the uh, message I got uh, when I accidentally texted you at, like well, 1 in the morning of uh, so. <laughs> that the detective. 2
0: A.M. That's I do for you, Kyle. So, so what, what, are we, what are we covering, Kyle? It's we're covering the film Nothing in Common. <laughs> and I'll get right into the full And no, that's not a documentary about this podcast either. <laughs> Although it is an accurate reflection. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh before we get styled, uh, styled, started, Kyle. Styled, started, <laughs>
0: Yeah, smoothest start ever. Hey, <laughs> you
1: know what? Your hair's coming back. Slowly, eyebrow, but slowly, eyebrows are the, starting to come back the in, the too. Eyebrows are about good.
0: halfway where I want them, but uh, the hair's coming back very well. Y- yes, your hair Coming back
1: really fast. I'm, I'm, I, I really guess guessing the picture
0: next week. Just <laughs> yeah. to show now. Uh, but, yeah. Kyle, before
1: we start, um, this stars uh, Jackie Gleason, who's probably he's a legend in comedy, probably most famously known for his role in Honeymooners. Um, I think where he played was it Ralph?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ralph, literally, uh, yeah. literally, a forty-year-old, a forty-year 40 career of doing right. basic comedy legends
1: and yeah. uh, Tom Hanks, which obviously needs no introduction. Yeah, same so, forty-year career. So Kyle, <laughs> um, do you think that you could uh, think of a movie where a younger comedian and a legendary comedian perform together? like these two did
0: Uh, either before or after this film not off the top of my head easily Um, although there is a certain feeling of a kind of passing of the torch although Jack Leeson is like Tom Hanks does a lot more dramatical work too um, where Jack Leeson always kind of um, aired on the side of comedy but even then it's just like um, maybe a more direct kind of like not the same quality but similar kind of idea of like the funny people with Adam Sandler and Seth Rogen when that movie came out a little while ago there were things that were kind of attempting a similar kind of deal Um but um yeah very few films kind of come to the same idea of uh, a kind of a aging in a father-son relationship quite like this um, the, do, the, you, the, any film comes to mind for you?
1: The one that kind of comes to my mind but I don't know if I really consider it wouldn't be a, a young comedian but I would say probably Jack Lemmon uh, and Burgess Meredith and Grumpy Old Men where the father and son duo Oh, yeah, maybe really, but it's not the, quite the same it's what not, I was trying to go for you know what I mean
0: but mm-hmm. it is uh, what it is yeah for better or worse I would say a lot of films are, are not quite the same as this film and that also like, it kind of speaks to this film's quality or lack thereof to a degree. We'll get right. to that later in the pub notes, too. But you want to dive right in here, Jimbo? Well, you can dive right in. I'll dive right in. No now. life vest. All right, we have, like said, I said, this five times now, <laughs> nothing in common. <laughs> Released on July 30th of 1986, directed by Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall also director of like Pretty Women and The Princess Diaries back in 1990, and 2001 respectively. Do, do you know who his daughter um, was? Who's his daughter?
1: Penny Marshall. Penny
0: Marshall. Do you know who Penny Marshall was? Not off the top of my head. Okay. You guys, got me that. Uh, that is is that from Laverne from Laverne and Shirley? Laverne, Laverne and Shirley. Oh my goodness! Wait, who's Laverne and Shirley? Uh, what is, what is movies? <laughs> what is Art Jimbo? I, um, I, just, I
1: just can't anymore.
0: <laughs> nothing nothing in common. Falling again. short. <laughs> <laughs> This is the silliest start. Nothing in common follows a successful advertising detective who finds himself free-willing life crashing. Who finds his free life crashing to a halt when his parents, in their longtime marriage, and his life is just kind of thrown in this way. I think they that. were married about thirty-six years or thirty-five years or something. like that? Yeah, yeah. Basically, all of his you know childhood to adult life, and then like you know, kind of sprung into him in this young adulthood he's in right now of having everything basically flipped on his head. Yeah. So interesting story there. Once again, directed by Gary Marshall of. Pre- Woman in Prince Diaries Frame. Written by Rick Podell and Michelle Priminger. Produced by Alexander Rose. Composed by Patrick Leonard. Cinematographer was John A. Alonzo. Edited by Glenn Farr. And casting directors were Jane Alderman and Shelley Andreas. Opening weekend, this film made $3.2, oh, $3.3 million. In for inflation, it would be about $9.2 million. It blows my mind that just like 40 years later, money's like worth three times three times less than it was back then. Um, Gross Worldwide, though, made a good product, though. Um, it made a product of uh, $32.3 million, and just for inflation, that made about $90.7 million. Um, this film doesn't have a budget that I could find, so overall we don't know how much it cost to make, but going to assume not very expensive, not very cheaply, around the, uh, the ballpark of an average film that time. It What's of, this, Jimbo? Uh,
1: I I was wrong. You were wrong? Yeah. It's not Penny Marshall's dad. Uh, Penny Marshall's dad was actually Anthony W. Marshall. But Gary Marshall does have two daughters, uh, Kathleen Marshall and Lori Marshall. So my apologies. I misspoke. I feel feel like Kyle (laughs) now. Just a constant fraud. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. All these years I thought Gary Marshall was
0: Penny Marshall's dad. I feel like... I feel like a millennial right you now. You just crossed into an alternate universe. You were from the universe where that was true. I, I started
1: thinking about it, and I'm like, you know, I better look that up because
0: I'm not sure. Man, I would have liked Facebook correcting you like three weeks later. I think that would have been more fun. <laughs> Okay, moving on here. Um, we're gonna go ahead and hit the awards, which we only have just one. Um, um, in 1987, it had the nomination for the funniest actor in a motion picture in a leading role. That was nomination to Tom Hanks for the American Comedy Works, uh, the American Comedy Awards. Yeah, too. And this film isn't much of a comedy, really. I think it's more of a drama and romance story for sure. Uh, my personal opinion: the comedy is kind of distant third if you will to this like there are comedic moments but just in the kind of like the natural levity of life of no one not wanting to take things too seriously um anyways, some in the technical details of the film this film has a dolby sound mix surround sound system uh for its um, um audio recording mastering this is a color film done by metro color in culver city in california um camera used was the panaflex camera and lenses by panavision Aspect ratio is 1.85 by 1, and has a film length of 3,258 meters. So, once again, all kind of ballpark averages for the time. Ooh, excuse me. Making noises. Natural noises. And then we're going to move on to kind of the, the bigger bulk of the uh, the technical details right here. Not too much going on here, but we have the cast. Um, the cast, of course, stars the legendary Tom Hanks. Needs no introduction by himself because, you know, playing the character of David Basner. And, of course, Tom Hanks, known for you know, Cast Away, 2000, Forrest Gump, 1994. And most recently, he was in uh, A Man Called Otto in 2022, with a fantastic film. And he was in Elvis in 2022 as well. Oh, and I'm pal. sure many more films to come. What's Sorry. that? I'll never forgive you. <laughs> Gary Marshall was the
1: brother of Vinnie Marshall. Oh my God, so,
0: Jimbo. I just want to make sure I got that. Annotated. I could have just said Gary Marshall and called it a day, but you had to butt in with like, but what about everyone I know by the name of Marshall? Right. So, so I was, it wasn't her father, it was her brother.
1: So I just wanted to make sure we got that clear. I love you, Jimbo. I know. Now, now, now I will put my phone down because it was it was bothering me because I know somewhere in this world they are related and I finally <laughs> <met him. laughs>
0: Sorry sorry oh folks now back to our regularly scheduled programming Moving on We of course have the secondary co-lead of this film Jackie Gleason playing the character of Max Bassner Now you know who Jackie Gleason's father was right <laughs> Mr Gleason <laughs> Was he also a Marshall? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> no, this this song's also- name was Marshall. <laughs> Um, this was Jackie Gleason's last film, unfortunately. I believe he passed away just the year after, in 1987, if I'm correct, maybe 88. I can't remember now. Um, but of course, Jackie Gleason, of course, a uh, legendary actor in his own right. He was, of course, in the Honeymooners in 1955, 1956. Um, Did you ever see the Honeymooners? I never. I I've probably seen clips of it, but I never like sat down great and watched TV the show. show. Great TV uh, show. I, I've heard nothing but good things about it. I have no idea how well it holds up now, but still, Jackie Gleason, great actor. Um, he's also of course the Jackie Gleason Show from 1949 to 52. He was in the film *The Hustler* in 1961, and he was the um, um, uh, he was Smokey in *Smokey and the Bandit* in 1977, and the other two films after that. So, legendary actor in his own right in that respect too, and uh, just did a terrific performance in this last performance here. Um, great actor. Next up, we have Eva Marie Saint playing the character of Lorianne Basner. Um, Eva Marie Saint was also in the film *On the Waterfront* in 1954. North by north North by Northwest North Jeez, <laughs> North by Northwest in nineteen fifty-nine, and the film Exodus in nineteen sixty. <laughs> Next up we have Hector Elon El- 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 Elizondo and playing the character of Charlie Gargas. Hector was also in the film Pretty Women in 1990, The Princess Diaries in 2001, Runaway Bride in 1999, and he was in the TV show Chicago Hope from 1994 to 2000. Yeah, um, Hector was a, a, a kind of a, a favorite actor of Gary Marshall himself because he appeared in many. Those, those are also Gary Marshall films he recently. Right. So, interesting there. interesting relationship. The next up, we have Barry Corbin playing the character of. Andrew Wooldridge, the um, the, um, the the owner of the airline company, this film uh, um, is uh, trying to get an advertising contract for. Um, Barry Corbin, um, uh, also a very well known actor in his own right for many film. Oh, not a well known actor, but he appeared in a lot of films as a character actor. Character actor. Um, let's see. Recently, he's been in the um, Tulsa King show for five episodes in 2022 to ongoing still right now. Um, he was in the War Games movie in 1983. Uh, most recently, he played the Undertaker in the film of the Moon, Killers of the Flower Moon in 2023, the most recent Scorsese film. Um, but his most um, memorable role for me, which I think is kind of ridiculous but also really funny, is that he was in the Command & Conquer Red Alert 2 game and his expansion from two, in the yep. year 2000 and 2001. And, oh boy, a young Kyle spent probably... Maybe hundreds of hours playing that game and watching <laughs> cinematics of of Barry just devouring the scenery, being Gen- General Ben Carville. Yep. <laughs> just absolutely being awesome in that game. And that's his most memorable role for me, which I think is kind of funny. So, Barry Corbin, also awesome. Love him to death. Um, next up, we have Bess Armstrong playing the role of Donna Mildred Martin. Bess Armstrong was also in the film Jaws 3D in 1983. Um, High Road to China, also in 1983, and the film Lace in 1984. Next up, we have Sella Ward playing the role of Cheryl Anne Wayne. Sella Ward was also in the film Independence Day Resurgence in 2016, The Fugitive in 1993, and she was in the CSI show New York, the New York division of the CSI shows. and I believe she was in there for like six years or something like that. I forgot to write down the years for that one. Next up, we have Cindy Harrell playing Shelly the Stewardess, who you see at the beginning of the film, having um, clearly <laughs> had an encounter with Tom Hanks' character <laughs> while on duty. Um, then we have Carol Messing playing the role of David's secretary. Carol Messing was also in the film The Color of Money in 1986. Oh, Cindy Harrell, she was also in the film Falcon Crest in 1981. I skipped over there right there. Next up, we have Bill Alpelbaum playing the role of Ted Geller. Um, Bill Alpelbaum was also in the film Pretty Woman in 1990. Then we have Mona Linden, playing the character of Misha. Mona Linden was also in the film Overboard in 1987. Then we have Anthony Stark, playing the character of Cameron. Anthony Stark was also in the film License to Kill in 1989. Julia Alonzo played the role of Rick. She was also in the film... Uh, oh, sorry, Julia... Ju- Julia... with the man's name. <laughs> was also in the um, film Louie and Liz in Beverly Hills in 1986. We have Jane Morris, playing the role of Dale. Jane Morse is also in the film *Frankie and Johnny* in 1991. Dan um, uh, Castelnetta playing the role of Brian. Dan Castellaneta is also, of course, um, playing Homer Simpson in *The Simpsons* in 1989 to ongoing. Like, wait. Yeah, The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, it's been how long has it been? I was just I trying to do. Like I was trying to do the, the math in my head. Yeah. It's like that's yeah, it's like thirty five plus years now. Like, <laughs> seen eighties into it's now. It's older I'm than Kyle. Like, <laughs> it is older than me. Um, then we have Mike Haggerty playing the role of Eric. <laughs> Mike Haggerty was awesome in the film Somebody Somewhere in twenty twenty two, and then we have Jeff um, um, Milchowski playing the role of Lewis, Lewis and. Jeff was also in the film The Cable Guy in 1996, and that's going to conclude the cast list of Nothing in Common. So, Jimbo, let's move on to some cool trivia of the film.
1: Well, Kyle, why don't you uh, give us since there's not a lot of trivia, why don't you give us a little bit of a of a, a rundown of the movie, the rundown of the movie itself,
0: um, without looking at your notes? No, no, I, well, of course. How much notes do I have, Jimbo? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, Tom Hanks' character, David Basner, um, he, he is a uh, I think this story is kind of a, a, it's it's a young adult story for many respects. Like not like young adult as a teenager, but as a young adult as like guy in really his late twenties, early thirties, just getting in the cusp of his uh, like his big career, basically like that. As playing as kind of a, a kind of an ad executive to some degree, but not a, quite an executive level yet, but just on the cusp of it to a degree. And uh, clearly, um, like he's the top guy going on right now. Like he's the hot new kid on the block who's gonna. Make millions if he does everything right here. Um, and uh, he's clearly on the cusp of it all um, when he um, has the opportunity to secure this contract um, for a, an airline company to do ads for them, who uh, Barry Corbin's character, Andrew Wooldridge. And he um, is on the cusp of it right as soon as he's kind of in the midst of like trying to juggle his life of sleeping around a lot and also trying to be an ad executive for this company. Um, his dad tells him that his wife left him. His wife, of course, you know, yeah. You know, David's car- David's mother um, left his his father and that they're both separated. And that also becomes clear that um, um, Jackie Gleason's character is also having medical needs and he's lost his job and he's clearly just in a very, very down spot in his life. So David, feeling the responsibility to take care of his parents as well as support his own life, begins to shuffle all these things around and becomes like, far too much for him to handle all at once. He can't balance out sleeping around, being an executive and trying to support his dad. I think so, I think when
1: uh once they separate and his mom's got this new place and 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 you know she goes on that date or whatever. Hmm. And I think it is a probably the highlight of the movie is when Tom Hanks goes and knocks on that door of that lady and she has that guy in the bedroom. Yeah. And he just goes on that rant about Everything. Oh, yeah. And it's, he's having a nervous breakdown at that point, and he climbs to yeah. bed with the guy. <laughs> or
0: whatever yeah,
1: he it. clearly has no
0: idea how to handle the situation at all. And it he's drunk very, at that point. Too. Yeah, yeah, he's drunk, being very inappropriate, very messed up. And it's clearly a, he's he's kind of reaching a critical threshold of like his ability to juggle all these aspects of his life that are important to him, but still trying to be a responsible adult at the same time. Because like he's supposed to be a very caring character, but it's very clear like he just can't shuffle all this at once. And so this kind of hitting this critical threshold causes him to. Refocus everything that's important to him in his life and so he kind of stops his kind of bit more sleazy behavior or sleeping around so he finally finds the girl that actually he's always loved. Um, he finally um, – he kind of recommits his love to his father and grows his relationship there and he kind of diminishes his, um, his um, kind of uh, over-focus on his career. Kind of as a thing, so he kind of refocuses life. It's like, hey, it's not about making all the money in the world and sleeping around as much as possible. It's actually about like finding love, finding those deeper connections, and as well as like having a more uh, healthy relationship with your work in general. And so, kind of an overall, like I think it's actually a very positive message. I think I, I found the film. I but, felt like it, we don't want to get to your final thoughts about it a little right. bit too, but I think it actually like it's a surprisingly like modern message. <laughs> I think in many cases right now because I feel like like yeah, I think this film applies now more than ever than perhaps even it did apply in the... Mid '80s, yeah, granted, it applied in mid '80s too. But I also, I found the story relevant today. It felt to me, so we'll go for there. So right. That's the overall plot of the film, or, two, or the overall vibes. I feel like they were going for that registered with me, resonated with me. Um, so that's what I kind of think the film was about overall. So Jimbo, take it away. Let's, right. Let's sh- get a short list of trivia. Just, there's not much at all. So yeah.
1: um, if you notice, there are several uh, references to the legendary Beatles, Ringo Starr. Uh, in the movie, where David aims at being a fourth partner in the film, just like Ringo was the fourth person to join the Beatles, David plays with them drumsticks the whole movie. You know, yes, <laughs> um, which was also a reference to Ringo being the drummer. Uh, then, with doing auditions for the grandmothers, Roger mentions how Ringo had become a grandfather in his forties. So, <laughs> it's just a, just a lot of nods to the Beatles and Ringo Starr. So, unusual but cool. So rumor had it that director Gary Marshall would not go ahead with the making of this film without the inclusion of Jackie Gleason. In poor health, Gleason had grown tired of filmmaking and wished to retire from the business. After several attempts to get him on board, Marshall finally called Gleason on the phone and insisted that if he didn't do this film, that the last film he would be remembered for was the box office bomb Smokey and the Bandit Part 3. Gleason immediately accepted the offer on the condition that this would be his last acting role. In Marshall's 2012 memoir, "My Happy Days in Hollywood," he credits Ray Stark with asking Gleason the question about if he wanted "Smoking the Bandit" three being
0: how he was to be remembered. That's really It's kind of damning for "Smoking the Bandit" part of three, but, but it's also really, really kind of a, a kindness to a degree of both of both Gary Marshall and Jack Gleason agreeing to play this part too. But it's it,
1: also kind of yeah. It's kind of mean, too. Like, hey, do you want to go out like that, or do you want to come do this movie? <laughs> you know, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah.
0: Boy, I, I feel like he like this film is made better by its star power. If this film had like just adequate actors for this film, everyone would have forgot about it entirely, including myself. But because it has Tom Hanks and Jackie Leeson in it, who became such big stars before and after this... Um, it has it has a sense of like history in its film foundation. It's a solid film, I feel like too. So I feel like it's a good way. It's an it's a nice spot for Jackie Gleason to kind of end off on, as well as I think it's a good thing for him to have volu- you know, accepted the role and do it in the first place too. It elevated the film, and it kind of puts a good uh, capstone on his career. I feel like. Well, yeah, um, personally,
1: well, a lot of people do not know is Jackie Gleason. He was seriously ill when filming this. Uh, He was ill with colon cancer, liver cancer, thrombosis, hemorrhoids, uh, diabetes, and plebitis throughout the production. Mm -hmm. One evening during filming, he admitted to his daughter that he had only had a short time to live. He died nearly one year after the film's release, long enough to personally view the completed film, which he was said to have enjoyed very
0: much. I imagine it'd be deeply personal because in the concept of this film. Like the concept, like is, like the character in the film is of failing health and like clearly is struggling to survive. And having a story about his son coming through for him must be very, uh, <laughs> very you know, thematic to his own life and I'm sure, deeply emotional. So great on that point. Uh, Barbara Marshall, who was the wife of film directors Gary Marshall,
1: which would be who's his daughter, s- which to- would be sister-in-law to Penny Marshall. <laughs> Second cousin Uh, Appears in the movie as a nurse, so he threw his wife in there. Oh, nice. Um, So the consensus for the role of the casting of the Max uh, Basner character with with Jackie Gleason uh, was Ray Stark. He was the chairman of the board of Rastar, R-A-S-T-A-R, sent Gleason the script. The two had previously worked together on, among others, the Toy and the Smokey and the Bandit film series. The script arrived at Gleason's home at 1030... uh, Eastern time, and when Stark reached his office at 1030 Pacific time, which was only three hours later, Gleason was on the phone committing to the role. It was the fastest yes I have ever received from a star, said Stark. Hmm. How did Tom Hanks feel uh, playing the son of the inimitable or intimidable, uh, great one Jackie Gleason? He said that there was a certain amount of awe beforehand, but, quote, the first day on the set, Jackie came over to me and said, how you doing, kid? Let's make history. We threw our arms around each other, embraced, and it was easy from then on. Um, Actor Tom Hanks explained that some characters have nothing to do with you as a person, that you create them from scratch. He said, but occasionally you have to draw on your own experience. This was the case here. David Basner made me reconsider my own relationship with my parents. The role challenged Hanks to run a full
0: emotional gauntlet. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Actually, I think like I think the the more you, I'm the more we read about this film, the more deeply personal it feels for everyone involved in its creation. I think that's really really cool.
1: And yes, last but not least, this was Jackie Gleason's last film. Uh, sadly, he died just a year after production wrapped up. So, yeah. Kyle. We've already started down your rabbit hole of what you think about this movie. Why don't you continue on?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think we had a little bit of a pre-talk before we record the podcast. But I feel like a little—I feel a little more strongly than you. For me, this is a seven out of ten. For me, I really like this film a whole lot. I don't think it's necessarily like a very like enjoyable watch to watch over and over again. But it's a film that creates a feeling that I do enjoy, and I like to come back to it, like maybe every five years, something like that, watch it once, and kind of feel. Um, that kind of I don't know emotional malaise or something like that to a degree that makes you feel like okay about things in a cool way um, even when situations seem can feel dire and I think that's really kind of nice you know um, but yeah I feel like the learning about Jackie Gleason's um, reasons why he accepted this film makes it more deeply personal it makes it more emotionally fulfilling to me i think it's a really sweet film um kind of a better sweet film to a degree um just because there's so much kind of uh, you, know, um, you know a story of of parental and um, um child responsibility to their parents as well as you know what your lasting legacy is and i think that's very really, very deep um even this film itself kind of has a little more middling at times or not as like enjoyable to watch but i still love it overall for that reason so this is a strong seven out of ten for me and i really um enjoy it i think any film um buff um should watch it at least once maybe twice and get a feel for it and i think it's a worthwhile film overall so yeah i like this one quite a bit jimbo how do you feel about anything in common well i for
1: me um i think it's a six out of ten um, I can't take nothing away from the performances of Jackie Gleason and Tom Hanks, especially after reading that, what Jackie Gleason was going through. He was basically dying as he mm-hmm. was filming this, with uh, dealing with several different types of cancers and everything. Um, and Jackie Gleason was always, uh, you know, growing up, the Honeymooners on reruns. We'd watch it. And Tom Hanks, of course, he has a legendary career. And I had never even heard of this movie, of Tom Hanks. Uh, this was my first time ever watching this film. You? Or have you seen it before? I've seen it a few times, oh, okay. yeah. So, um, like I said, I didn't even know this. The 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 it was seeing Tom Hanks in a role like that. I don't know if he really pulled it off. Like I, I think somebody else probably could have done a better job. Um,
0: it's just, not a very Tom Hanks like. No, role. no, it's yeah.
1: very different from anything you've seen from Tom Hanks. It's 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 kind of weird seeing him as a playboy. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and his, him playing a playboy. Yeah, that 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 really like Tom Hanks sleeping around and stuff. I was <laughs> really confused. I don't want to say confused, but I was really. Shocked um, mm. by this, but but then again, this is Tom Hanks before he had all of his hits. Forrest Gump, you know, Save yeah, Brian, before all, he had all that stuff. Years, yeah. Um, but um, I liked I like the message of the thing, um, and and you know, I think that closing line. I think Jackie Gleason says, you know, out of everybody, uh, you were the uh, the least, the one I expected least to help me, or whatever he says. Yeah. Um, it's a great line, um, but. I, Like I was telling you, it just kind of ends. Like his dad has surgery; he's losing part of his foot and toes, or something. And they're willing him across. You ever seen like uh, downtown? Like we'll say downtown here in Indy, they got the like the hospital, and then they got those bridges overhead, covered bridges that you go across to your parking garage. And that's where where it ends. It shows Tom Hanks willing Jackie Gleason in a wheelchair, and he says that line, and then basically the credits roll. Yeah, I was I was wanting more closure, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if it's closure I, I understand part. the
0: feeling of closure too but I also think the film is kind of about like that kind of that mid-30s like broad side of life where you think you have everything kind of under control because I think that's what Tom Hanks' kind of ego is is like a reset of humbleness of like life's gonna hit you with this left field punch and then like but you'll be okay that's right, kind of a message that I think was there's also in the, the film.
1: even though his wife uh, Jackie Lisa's wife in this film when she comes to visit him in the hospital mm-hmm. and you know and, and you know they they they're talking or whatever, and she, she he yells at her. She gets mad, leaves, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he sits there and he cries in the bed, yeah, in the hospital bed. You're hoping that it melted this hard enough that there's going to be a little bit of reconciliation, even an "I'm sorry" or something. Yeah. Which we don't get that.
0: Yeah, and that's that's very dissatisfying. To, yes, but very. also I, I think it's like kind of an accurate reflection on a lot of people I know in my real life to a degree. You know, like, yeah, you do want to say that thing, but that doesn't happen as well as we wish know. you know, that kind of unsatisfying conclusion is something I've encountered many times before in real life. Even if I don't get, you know, I expect the exact opposite in films. I don't come to a film to have that dissatisfaction, but sometimes it's worth having a film do that for you. No, but I'm you just know.
1: saying with this film, I mm-hmm. think it would have made this film a much better. Not saying that they get together and all and, <clears throat> oh, that, live happy, whatever. Love he yeah. could have know, at least been, because obviously he was so, remorseful. Yeah. But. Just to say, you know, I'm sorry, you know, the last 35 years I ruined your life. Yeah. Something like that. Because obviously he is remorseful about it. If he would have brought closure to it, yeah. I think this film would have jumped up at least to a seven, seven and a half for me. Mm-hmm.
0: So, something about, yeah, him having the courage to admit to it, like, hey, I'm actually kind of a suck. Right. <laughs> I actually kind of sucked. Like, yeah, yeah, you do. So, but they still love you. you know? Yeah.
1: So, not bad, Kyle. You did pretty good picking a film. Maybe we might let you pick one again in the future. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> over the rainbow. Um, <laughs> things we learned today. Gary Marshall is the brother of Penny Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> and they are not related to Kyle. So, yeah. um, well, I think this episode's coming down to a close, Kyle. Somewhere around here I have the, cl- uh, the bird, but clabber. I, I don't really know what I did with it because I it's, was cleaning. I'll, so I'll, then, I'll use the hand to be all uh, right. I think it might be over there under the projector. But um, if you want to follow us on the social medias. Oh, Kyle, before we forget, we oh, do have oh, a, a new, new review nice. to read. Let me pull that up real quick because I didn't want to forget it. Um, usually when we record these, we are usually uh, several weeks out. Uh, so if I get a new review or something, uh, we, we we obviously read it when we get back um, together and record. So this one came in as soon as I find it. Um, this came in uh, from... Uh, Kimba125 she said on November 2nd uh, here it is almost Thanksgiving uh, but it, the title was Hergia on HHA's Halloween uh, which was basically Jerry and Tracy Pauly's Halloween special uh, she gave us a five star she said I really, uh, really enjoyed li- uh, the listen about the Exorcist looking forward to more listening thank you Kimmy and she gave us a thumbs up too so
0: awesome Kimmy thank we you. thank
1: you for listening uh, Jerry and Tracy are great friends of ours um, hopefully uh, you you still listen to us. Uh, sorry I didn't get this read, and uh, I wish I would have saw this earlier uh, of November second because November is a busy month. For yeah, sure. <laughs> it just got crazy. So <laughs> thanks for the review. If you guys would like to leave us a review like Kimmy did, we will read it on the air at some point when we get together to record because we only record every so often. Um, but yeah, thanks Kimmy. So with that being said, I think this episode's coming to a close, and that's a wrap
0: and cut.